0: There's nothing like me watching a French-language film with English subtitles and me coming out of it thinking, oh, I can speak French. I'm understanding all of this. I know all of the French. I just, I have French perfectly inside me, Do and you? it's just not unlocked. And I'm like, of course I understand everything. And then I go around my flat, and I'm like, ah, le sacre bleu, le pain au chocolat, oui, oui. Oh, really? Is that Could you Could you yeah. give me one sentence in full French? Yeah, of course. Come on then. Um, I can give you my French oral from GCSE. I beg your pardon? <laughs> 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 it was like, Sorry. I think I had so to, to, say, to carry on, I had to return a pair of trousers because there was something wrong with them. So it was like, it was like walking like, shling. <laughs> <laughs> I really committed. I like stood up. <laughs> it was like, bonjour, monsieur. And the examiner was like, oui, bonjour. And I was like, uh... Sarah uh, and he was like, "What oui, the fuck? I've wet my, pras- <laughs> yeah. my trousers." I was like, uh, "Le pantalon, uh, c'est trop grand pour moi." Uh, too uh, big for you? Yeah, may I? Uh, I uh, like- unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hello. <laughs> <laughs> a bit too small. Did you do um, the? uh I, If I was the examiner, I would have done the. I would have Liam and you like the Ricky Gervais thing. I would have gone. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh, uh. Uh-uh. Wasn't here. You got a receipt? I was at the and doctor's. Unbelace, so to you play I have eight. Yeah, I yeah, um, thought you might. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. My wife Best. just died. <laughs> One of the funniest <laughs> sketches oh, of all time. From someone so. who yeah. isn't funny, like as per the sketch. Yes, he's yeah, Lee Nees, Stone Cold. Yeah. I've played it. You see, how I'm making lists. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> I'm making lists to do comedy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, yeah. Well, I got yeah. the role of Oscar Schindler. <laughs> He's always making lists. Um, oh, are you're you not sure the Holocaust is a good... Um, yeah. <laughs> How you get away with it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have uh, the... I've just taught myself... I, I did French for nine years at school. So okay. I Didn't do very well. Yeah. and But then I just taught myself retrospectively to learn one sentence as a sort of get-out-of-jail-free card mm. in case I, you know, lost in the bureaucracy of the French landscape it and some person comes up to me and goes, eh, hey, ou, ou est le billet? Or something like that. Yeah. I can just go... Oh, Je suis désolé. J'ai vu très parler avec toi en français, mais mon français est assez mauvais. Uh, yeah, uh, saying, anglais, I'm very is sorry, play? but my English is not very good. My exactly. French is, my French is That's not respectful. very good. Me, and then they'll say, go, Are you English? Of course. <laughs> yeah. But you said, a re- you said a perfectly French sentence of, My French isn't very good, which is quite confusing. It's like me saying, Sorry, mate, I don't speak any English. I know. It- imperfect. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, just so uh, I hate to trouble you All the, like, you the little accent. Yeah, usually, yeah. no, speaky Francais. And I just that. And every time yeah. I say that to a French person, they're like, Oh, c'est la Yeah. yeah. Um, but did you ever have that? You watch subtitles, you're like, Oh. Yeah. I understand that yeah. I think it's the equivalent to like, do you ever go, when you go on like a holiday mm. and then the first six hours, you're like, I could move here. You know, when you have that, when you like go somewhere nice, yeah, and you're yeah. like, I, am I going to move love it. here? Am I going to, and then like day three, you're like, oh no, and that's the same that's thing you've had. You're yeah. like, can I speak French? <laughs> no, you can't. Bonjour madame. I have, a, I have one of those things in my head which is like, uh, separate to that. A tumour. No, no, no. <laughs> a brain. No, uh, my, that's dark. Yeah, I, just I know, say that. I know, a lot Tat- of words. Word. Um, no, do you ever have that thing if where- it was George's last episode. <laughs> Don't. Um, you know how I have my mind palace. Yes. And I keep all the dates and stuff and you'll sometimes will just look at me and be like, George. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes my mind palace gets a bit dusty because I've mm, had a cobwebs. scene in my head- from something I can't locate it, and I've had this before, and it. But I've scene. eventually got it. Yeah, I've had, I've got a specific scene from a comedy, and I don't uh, know what it's from. You have parts of the memory, but not the full amount. Yeah, You're like I know this is a uh, thing from somewhere. To give you context, know, really. last last year, oh, it wasn't last year. It was a couple of weeks ago. I was on the tube, and this is before Succession came back. But I had this just phrase in, in out of nowhere, part of my brain, like 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 someone at the back of a festival crowd shouted out a quote from something and mm. I didn't know where it was from. So the back of my mind went, read Plato, read Plato. And I was like, what's that from? Mm. What's that from? And okay, it took me it. half an <laughs> hour. Grab what's it from? And, I think, oh no, and then I think, I think I actually gave up and I Googled it and it was yeah. um, it was from succession. Anyway, oh, right, Okay. back to the present. So James, help me locate this. I think it's from a comedy. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's from a TV T-shirt series or a film. Kid. I don't know whether it's British or American. I don't know whether it's like a cutaway gag or part of a main thing, but the joke is... In it, the guy, get your pen and paper up. The guy doesn't want to have children, and he's scared at the prospect of having children. He's not a father. He's a bit more of a wild character. And there's a bit where he puts his genitalia in front of a microwave, a cooking microwave. I haven't seen it. And doesn't... he's like, does someone know that? You don't see anything naughty. You don't see any naughty bits, but the joke... Maybe he's it's part montage. Is it sperm, like yeah. he just like he's like Jesus Christ? He like I think yeah. he even puts his leg up against the table. He like hugs the microwave to his crotch. Yeah, I know that's from something, but I have no idea what it is. If nothing comes to mind. Jesus. Oh, God, I hope it's from something. Otherwise, my Maybe mind it's is so pure cluttered. inception. And you just like Leonardo DiCaprio and Joseph Gordon Levitt are in there trying to plant the seed. And you've woken up, and like, <laughs> what is it? tomorrow I'm like, I need to dissolve my father's company. Marry the head of the microwave division <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at Samsung. Yeah. Samsung made microwaves, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they did. microwaves, yeah. <laughs> use discount code want to get rid of your (laughs) spam?
1: uh there you go french french and
0: microwaves for the beginning of the show welcome to the show welcome if if you're here if you're a new listener welcome we don't always talk about french and microwaves and crotches but here we are 72 we are episode Mm -hmm. 72 that's a that's a big grown-up number that's a big Big. boy number yeah that's like uh, oh you've been you've seen you've seen some things some films yeah Yeah. i've seen some films (laughs) Some of which, which, we're going to talk today. It has been one of those weeks where, unfortunately, I've not been able to catch anything. Mm But James, God bless Mm -hmm. you. You've been able to catch not one, but two Two films, films. which we're going to talk about thusly. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. James, just some news that's happened in the time since we've been recording is that you may have seen this big news that Mm. Harry Potter is coming back in the form of a TV series. It's being remade as, uh, you know, seven seasons long treatment of the original books. We're going to get an entirely new cast, an entirely new vision, but Harry Potter, the stories of those books, are returning to the screen in the form of a television series that will go out on it's not called HBO Max anymore. It's called Max, which Max. is the merge, uh, the merger of HBO Max and Discovery Plus into one platform. Didn't, we, didn't we say they were going to start getting consolidated into fewer things? They all it. cannot live at once. Exactly. So there you go. Um, yes, you are a, a much bigger Harry Potter fan and have a much closer connection to the IP than mm-hmm. I do. How do you feel about that? Why? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. To make loads of money. Well, no, but okay, right. here's the thing. Here's, I'll, no, I'll okay, give, let me give you the pro argument from a non-potter fan. Because okay, like, yeah. I, I don't care either way, frankly, yeah. right? And that's that's no disrespect to Harry Potter. I just really, you know, it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. You are sitting on an IP that has been very, very you know, successful, and um, you tried to break out with a Fantastic Beast thing and it didn't really work. Why wouldn't you in an ear, in a time, look at what's happened in the in the years since those films came out. Mm-hmm. The streaming version of storytelling and the epic scope of storytelling, Game of Thrones, etc., mm-hmm. has massively um, doubled. You know, expanded. Been born, even been born. And you know, Amazon go off and make their own Lord of the Rings show. Why mm-hmm. can't? Why if, if you're if you're Warner Brothers, which is uh, who owns the property, mm-hmm. right? and You're sitting on not. You know, they don't. Warner Brothers don't have. Uh, they do have DC, don't they? Sorry. Yeah. But but, but one of those... you know, I don't know how much IP... will be have. Their, one of their right. biggest IPs. But if, if you sit on Harry Potter... Well, there's only so many things you can do with that. So maybe they just... Um, I'll tell you why you as a non-Potter head should care, should care right? But, but, but that, that, I'm just playing devil's advocate. But like, if, if if there is... I'm not saying they're tight for money. But if there are a finite amount of ways they can allocate their money... And doing 10 years worth of Harry Potter TV series... Will represent a significant portion of their output... Wouldn't it be better to invest in a different... Even if it was Harry Potter, a different part of that series or a different IP or show entirely Mm. than not feed you something where we know exactly how this story goes mm. unlike game unlike the new game of thrones show no one is going to be sitting watching that show discussing and wondering about what's going to happen next there's going to be nothing shocking. such a good everyone point. is just going to sit there with their arms folded saying what they did or didn't do compared to the films in the books what a, what a curse! way to spend 10 years of production could you say that about game of thrones or is that not because they had never hadn't finished the books exactly like Game of Thrones really decided to do its own thing maybe this Harry Potter series will do its own thing but it's interesting in the context because last week when we talked about Disney you know doing uh, expanding the world of Star Wars and going back a thousand years before the events you kind of think why aren't they doing that with this well the obvious thing for me with Harry Potter is you do Ilvermorny which is the American Hogwarts that you do you, you leave your lovely, twinkly British Hogwarts that looks like sort of Eton and yeah. Oxford, and we all love it. And we but The films aren't perfect, but we love them. Yeah, They're, they're cosy. Like Why touch that? You, mean. you take that, and you do the US office. <laughs> you go to Ilvermorny, yeah. and you do your own thing, and you, you don't have to use the visual language for Hogwarts, really, mm. because you can recreate it entirely, because of course the Americans would have That's done it differently. Really you touched on it. like It was mentioned as a thing in Fantastic Beasts. Mm. It, had, it would have mass appeal in America, because it's like, everyone wants to know how the American high school, of we do. Of how, that's such an obvious idea, all its rules. And, and just like you would, like, they're, I've seen the picture they presented is with Harry Potter in the same logo, yeah. the exact same castle, because they've created all of these assets. Yeah. They've got the Warner Brothers Studio tour, they're yeah, not going right. to redo it. And I just, it's the most cynical thing of like, I know, I'm not, I wasn't expecting Harry Potter, one of the largest entertainment IPs. Of all time to just stop when it's right, a billion dollar, yeah. they could easily mm. make a billion dollars a year like Marvel did if they had the output. I didn't expect it to go away, but no one wanted them to just do the books again. I, I, I think yeah, that's completely fair, and actually, you know, I was playing devil's advocate before, but I, I, I think you're you're right. You got to think when you about rather they do something well, else. With put it then? this way: that is the third. You got to think. Look at it as like the third iteration of Harry Potter. Yeah, you had the so. book craze. Yeah, which then was. Uh, uh, not manipulated is the wrong word, but then taken and, and fueled the second win, which is the, the films. But will be the fourth because then you had fantastic beasts. Yes, back. I suppose you're right. But yeah, I see. Why couldn't they have just expanded and why 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 would they not do, do the th- other thing? And, and it just means that like no nobody has anything to compare it to. You can completely like surely for J.K. Rowling, it's a much more because she's producing it. It's a way more inter- interesting intellectual exercise to properly flesh out flesh that out. But also, wouldn't you have? You're gonna She's have, got on, she doesn't need the money we're going to have eras of um, so years ahead of people going oh yeah Harry Potter well, I meant the new one not the yeah. old one the not kids that. will grow up on it and yeah or what, can, I mean sorry I don't know I'll be I there, can't like, remember to my what, kids. oh the classics were better why man. couldn't they have done a TV series where like they get like Neville Longbottom back or something like that I, you know like get <laughs> you some of the old, I don't know I don't know what happens but like there's there have been a lot of talks of bringing them back for the cursed child to do a film I thought that was going to happen yeah it sounds like it's going to happen I think they've got to get Daniel Radcliffe on board basically they I, I, I just pull up the money truck I mean I'm yeah. sure like I, I, if I was down America absolutely enough, yeah. like, name your price yeah. absolutely oh, name we your get, price that would be a hundred mil paycheck for that, and right that there. would be a huge thing but then like this other thing compromises it let's see if it actually goes ahead because I, I can I, I, you're going recast I, like, they, we love those actors I and know. those kids they're like we grew up with them you're it's right. like recasting my brother do you know just thinking about
1: <laughs> do you know what I mean my cousin yeah, you don't like, have a brother no that's um, Harry Potter was brother I just because it, 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 it has actually
0: reminded me of Rings of Power. And you know what the thing about Rings of Power mm. is that we gave it, you know, quite, you know, balanced, but fairly lukewarm. It had a coziness to it that really uh, gave yeah, it a lot But we links. were pretty fairly lukewarm on it, ultimately, when yes, we reviewed yeah. it six months ago. In the time since I've finished that show, I've watched so many fantastic TV shows yeah. that I look back and I think, I'm just sorry, you can't get away with... Mm. Um, mediocre mediocrity at the pro- at 500 million dollars right yeah you, yeah. you can't that be you, you, you can't be the most expensive hit. series well, and be it hit. yeah but, no but fine but yeah. okay but well, in terms of quality that. i i, yes, I, no, I, I don't think it was good so and also i don't think i'm gonna continue with that even show. rings of power i thought was that's a little bit saying, too yeah. close yeah sorry, sorry was a little bit too closely aligned to like hoot sauron and leading into that like it was like we, we were very attached to the plot of the start of lord of the rings we're like we're waiting for it yeah and the series really uh lent into this like who's sauron who's sauron thing mm. and i'm like really it's 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 uh, completely swallowing the whole show alive yeah, of right. who sauron is towards the end that nothing else really matters also i have one more thought um the fi- uh, there are so many parts of when we watch the films of the book. the books are obviously three, sometimes three, four hundred page books, we look at the films and go oh they didn't flesh out that detail and they missed that and I'm like yeah because the books are long and the films, all of them are two and a half hours mm. so I, I think it's a fair you know, compression yeah. of that story, there's loads there and I can read the books if I want to mm-hmm. I don't like. yeah of course you can flesh it out and make a teary series but will that actually make for entertaining episodes all the way through, I don't necessarily think so mm. Anyway, that's the Harry Potter news. What do you guys think about it? If you have any thoughts, let us know at hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. We are going to be talking about One Fine Morning that mm. you've seen, which is directed by Mia Hansen-Love. It is. Um, I've seen one Mia Hansen-Love film, which mm. I believe was Bergman Island. That's the last one. Did you watch that? No, I didn't. I hate to say it, but that is one of those films that went right through me. It, yeah. It, it did. It, you know when you finish the film and you go, well, I sat there. And I watched it begin, and I watched the middle bit, and I watched the end, but it, it did absolutely nothing. Yeah. It, it's like it didn't exist. It went through my mind, yeah. didn't go through any process at all. And Someone out with a gun is like, what's it about? <laughs> I, be- I, couldn't, yeah. I couldn't tell you. I know Tim Roth's yeah. in it. Anyway. And that's fine. But over to you, James. One fine morning, or as the opening title sequence of this film says, un beau matin. Mm. which I would translate a beautiful morning which, which I, exactly so or I would think morning. a beautiful morning right whereas in the UK a fine morning can mean yeah it's a fine morning no, no, or it could be my captain it is a fine morning oh, fine. today at sea no, I a think, fine morning I think a fine morning in that context is oh that's the best kind of morning you're going to get one fine morning yeah. it could be just it's quite one, poetic one, one fine, fine morning isn't morning. that kind of like um, isn't that one of the last lines of the great Gatsby and one one day one fine morning yeah we beat on now uh, you say it. Back against the tide, Yeah. No Gatsby references in this. Sad. Instead, we've got Leah Saidu. Leah. 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 Leah Seadu. Leah Who's fantastic in this? She's really good. She plays a single mother called Sandra, who is in the process of with her sister and her mother um, coming to terms with the fact that her father suffers from a degenerative, uh, health, a degenerative brain disorder. It's not quite. Alzheimer's. It's something that I think was called Benson's right. syndrome, where he has trouble stringing string sentences together. He is visually able to see, but cannot make sense of what he sees. Oh. And um, you know, there's this whole process of trying to figure out what to do with him. He can't be left alone in his flat anymore. One of the opening scenes is her going to visit him, and he can't figure out how to open the door. And when she sees him, he's very confused. And he's an old professor who's got his entire uh, flat is covered floor-to-ceiling with books of great philosophy, scholar, literature. And uh, he was known for his bright brain, but obviously that has now completely deteriorated. And it's this really sort of sad, you know, underexplored idea in life of what to do with someone who is disappearing in front of you Mm. and where you put them. And the reality is, unless you're extremely wealthy, you often have to go into living conditions which aren't that good. You're sort of, in a lot of ways, sending them away so you can live on and get on with your own life. Um, Whilst that's happening... uh, Sandra comes into contact with an old friend named Clément. spelled Clement, but Clément. Clément, yeah. Clement, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. okay. keeping it also French for you. Um, who is a married man who's somewhat separated from his wife, and she starts developing a romantic relationship with him. It is complicated because he very much still lives with his wife, and he has a kid, but they have this sort of amazing Sai- chemistry. Sorry, this is Lea Seydoux developing a relationship. Lea Seydoux is single. Lea Seydoux is single, implied that she's widowed, but not spoken on that Okay, There is this idea that she has lost something and has closed up emotionally a large part of herself both due to a lost relationship, the way in which she mentally copes with the situation going on with her father and this new relationship that she develops almost is like unlocking a new Part of her, mm-hmm. much to which brings a lot of pain, it brings a lot of sadness, but also an incredible amount of joy and ecstasy. And there's this one, there's loads of French lovemaking in this, like lots of French <laughs> kissing, where like you see the tongues, it's oh, so very French. And this is very like in the deep stories of ecstasy when he says to her something on the lines of, How was this body only just awakened? Like, mm-hmm. how, how has it been asleep for so long? Um, I really, really liked it. I think it's got, it, it never really had a. The film doesn't try to leave you with a really obvious rounding point of catharsis where you go, that was the right thing to do or that was the right way to deal with this very com- uh, very complicated, complicated situation. It's kind of often bittersweet where... How, when you're dealing with someone in uh, in your family who has a degenerative brain condition, whether that's Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, you're watching them disappear in front of you. And that's very complicated because you're almost learning to say goodbye before they have. And you often have this feeling where you have this intense amount of sadness overriding you, but you're also feeling happiness and joy in other ways. And it can lead you to feeling two very different emotions at the same time. And I think that's why Mm. this film leaves you with this weird, sombre, bittersweet element. It makes it feel really true to life, a really honest portrayal of what life's really like. Mia Hansen-Love had said that she had someone in her family mm. and she had gone through this whole process of what to do with someone who is in that position. You can really tell it comes from personal experience. There's no sort of romanticized way that it comes with the solution mm. of how you deal with this. And um, it reminds you in life, there's often never a perfect way to uh, emotionally deal with this, especially with everything that's gone on in your life before. And Leah Seydoux manages to capture completely opposite emotions at the same time. Wow. Because of this situation with Clement, who's, you know, trying to figure out how he separates from his wife, he at one point says, listen, it's too much. I've got to... I can't see you, at least, for a little while. And she essentially sort of, sort of breaks up with her. And he said idea spends a scene where she goes to looks through a, a, a home where her father could be, and it's got horrible... It's like an inner-city urban care home. It's not very nice. It's like a grungy terrace. There's loads of people wandering around who are sort of not very well in the head and she feels really rotten about it. And she's sad on the bus, in the bus on the way home and she's leaning against the window and it sees her reflection in the window. And she gets a text from Claremont being like, in French, it's something like, je deviens fou sans toi, which is like, I would go crazy without you. I can't bear to be without you. And she starts crying in this happy way, that is sad and oh happy. Yeah, and wow. it's showing like two different, somehow the reflection was mm-hmm. able to show two different emotions running at the same time. And I'm like, this is such an interesting um, duality of how you would feel with like ongoing pain mm-hmm. and ongoing joy and the start of a new relationship that's complicated. Um, and I think it's really interesting. It's beautifully shot. And, yeah, um, sorry. I've seen pictures of it. it. Looks like it's like it's shot on film, right? Shot on, yeah, with like romance, glowy, and there's often sort of a uh, a very sort of plain, uncontrasted look where it's sort of very matter of fact in its filming. Mm. Often a lot of it's taken uh, shot inside her apartment. And Sandra also has a a young daughter who you know, it's sort of also getting to terms with the fact that there's a new man being introduced. And she got great chemistry with her co-star, who are really, really mm. good together. And yeah, just just a really interesting, thought-provoking... Uh, I, I like that it never really tried to tie a nice even bow on it at the end. And it said I just came out with some really interesting thoughts, and I thought, Leah, it was an absolute powerhouse. Classic uh, European indie art house film, oh, that, that, that the so feelings much. are raw and complicated, mm. and it's not defined. Do you do you think that it you... Could say that like worst person in the world last year, this takes mm-hmm. the kind of conventions and superficial elements of a romance rom-com mm. film, but explores it in its own way and it brings fresh new life to it. I'd say worst person in the world was more, uh, like more outwardly expressive mm. than this one is. Oh, this is in terms more... of the way like worst person in the world had those sequences. Yes, and I think it really sort of um, I don't know. It, like the, the score in this is very minimal. Mm. it really only touches it where it's it's much more sober this is really really swell like this is dealing with like medical care home and a lot of the time she's packing up her her dad's apartment like he's died, like you would with Mm. you with her sister like he's died but he hasn't died he's just moved on and there's so many moments she's trying to speak to him and it's kind of interesting because i'm watching it with subtitles and the subtitles aren't making any sense and i realise that's on purpose because his trail of thought oh, is completely on so I was a bit like huh what and I realised okay One Fine Morning is out now if you've seen it or go- are going to see it let us know your thoughts at hello at PopKitchenpodcast.com. we'd love to hear them and we'll read them out the show how-, how much Dracula do you do you, have you encountered in your life? Good question, because it's one of those ever present figures like Frankenstein. Uh, in the, sort of as old as cinema itself, Dracula, Absolutely. Really. Yeah, uh, Nosferatu, of course. Yes. And I eagerly await Robert Eggers's Nosferatu with Willem Defoe. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I've never read the Brown Stoker novel. I saw a really rubbish TV series, BBC TV series version, like 2005. Mm-hmm. I know there was a very popular. Um, like quite modern fun take uh, in like 2019 on the BBC with Klaus Bang as Dracula. That mm-hmm. like was Mark Gatiss wrote it, I think. Or Stephen Moffat. Um, that's Van Helsing. <laughs> I can't forget Van Helsing. Played Hugh, by Hugh, uh, no, Hugh Jackman. It, yeah, Hugh Jackman. And it's played, Dracula's played by Richard Roxborough, who in, in yes. that period of A time really was always specifically early noughties villains. Yes. Because he was in Moulin Rouge and then, you know, Moulin Rouge yeah. and he talks like that. And then he was just in like Mission Impossible 2 and that. I um, bet Van Helsing really doesn't hold up. I, I don't think it held up at the time, no. but now I think it's. Like It'd always be saver. funny to see it for what it is. Maybe like that's one thing we have to do sometime—just do a rewatch yeah. of that and the the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh my god, League of! Extraordinary I just Gen- see green. I just see murky yeah. green. When I th- see. Think of those. Anyway, limited, but obviously I I know about him. Yeah, like, I think I studied uh Gothic literature and English GCSE, and we yeah, did. So we were doing Dorian Gray, and we were meant to read Mary, she- Mary Shelley Frankenstein, but I didn't. But the English teacher was like, oh. This is seminal. I'm going to put on Bram Stoker's Dracula oh, with yes. Gary Oldman playing Dracula and Keanu Reeves doing the, and it was almost yes, amazing. The English teacher said, this is a good film, but it has the worst acting performance of all time. I'm not underselling this. It is the worst acting performance of all time. Yeah. We were all like collectively laughing as a class watching it, but that is uh, Keanu Reeves aside, a really sort of haunting and it. terrifying. We're we'll seeing yeah. Anthony, Anthony Hopkins in there as well. Oh, really? Was yes. he playing Van Helsing? No, uh, yes yes not seen it because so people not. forget uh, before Hugh Jackman <laughs> yeah. Van Helsing was an old man Sir Anthony Hopkins um, it. I also just on that just to mm. say uh, Frankenstein by Mary Shelley yeah uh, 200 year late hot take but <laughs> slaps it's <laughs> really a good. really good book eight, 1890 something eight, eight, no, uh, no Frankenstein was 1820 whoa yes. oh, maybe the film I'm thinking no wait no. <laughs> the book of Frankenstein was written in like 1820 the film of Frankenstein the Hollywood version was yeah. like 1930s Boris well, there Karnoff. we go that's how much we know anyway about. dracula we Dr- digress go it has always been there um here we have renfield if we didn't know renfield in the law is uh, a lawyer who comes to dracula's house seeking to get a deal for the land that dracula lives on and of course dracula uh bites him and snares him into mortality and he becomes his servant or slave basically and he is tasked with uh you know, helping Dracula live eternally by bringing him bodies to feed on. Mm. Thus, this endless uh, cycle of abuse and torment, Mm. and he wants to leave, but is in this abusive relationship. And you've got this, this is sort of the seminal joke of Renfield, is you've got a modern-day... uh, group of people who are in uh, abusive relationships, yes. destructive relationships, and who stumbles into one but Renfield, who's trying to take our modern sensibilities and how we let, know toxic relationships and gaslighting, mm-hmm. and you apply that, lol, to the Renfield-Dracula mm-hmm. scenario. Um, so I think that is a solid idea for a comedy sketch. yeah, An SNL bit. yeah. I do not think it sustains a feature-length film, especially when you make and full-blown slasher gore action studio, comedy. Studio film. Either. A real studio film. You've got Nicolas Cage playing Dracula, yeah. right? The main selling point. The main selling point. And his, this man does not do half-measure performances. Of you give a character thick and, and bright and full, like Dracula, to Nicolas Cage. I watched the whole thing. All I could think, I was so distracted, because it's not that great. I was just thinking, God, could you imagine like a gothic... A gothic Nicolas Cage Dracula, how mm. fucking cool that would be. Not a uh, postmodern, ironic, kind of funny not, one. Yeah. So, like, there is like that joke of like Nicolas Cage crashes the meeting, and the guy running the meeting is like, we're clearly dealing with something more <laughs> than narcissism here. Like, it's a little bit funny, mm. and that's it. You've got Aquafina, who I actually really like in this. She's funny and Ben Schwartz. Aquafina plays a cop who's uncovering like a, a gang corruption yeah, thing right. at the police, and it all kind of intertwines with, yeah. with Renfield. Benchwart is in it, who has some funny quips. the 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 action part of it feels really, really misplaced and really, really odd. It's w- it's really violent, right? We have got arms coming off, decapitation, uh, guts spilling Whoa. out of intestines. It's 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 a fifteen, but it's probably as violent as you can get mm. before before it goes a bit higher. And it just um it just didn't like that. They're sort of like good action scenes for a different film, but for what it was trying to do, when the action came, I was like it's just violent for being violent yeah. there's no like character reason why i should enjoy this violence yeah. it's not funny violence so i'm not like oh my god so yeah. gory at least in my eyes and it's just um it's just a really strange film that feels like it's been sort of spliced together uh i i, I, I did hear things that it was meant to be part of the dark universe pre tom Cruise's the mummy pre wow uh, so when they were assembling yeah, was to do to- dark, yeah, yeah 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 and then it got reworked into an action comedy to stand alone from the, the universal monster verse yeah. and this it's kind of manifest as, as this you've got nicholas holt playing renfield who i actually think is okay i don't think him and nicholas cage are comedically aligned uh, no you chemistry. know what i mean don't, they don't have good chemistry or they're just they're trying to achieve different things in the scene i, I do like him and i think he's got a sort of funny slightly repressed mm. uh thing and this is a moment where he tries to like sounds so dumb like give himself a makeover and like add more color into his wardrobe right. like, it's just weird it yeah. feels like multiple visions been put into one it wasn't that funny the action didn't do anything for me and there was so much of it and when you read the plot on paper you're like yeah that's kind of a-. like when i right went through it in my head like all the way beginning to end i'm like god what a what a really sort of sort of silly script to yeah. sort of making to a movie uh, Shame Nicholas Cage can't have been given right. Dracula to do something really because he would have gone. He did go for it. Yeah. He's pretty. The, the makeup's pretty good when he's like only half fully formed. Yeah. He's still trying to get blood to like reform himself. And I'm like, this looks terrifying. And is this moment where he's in this throne. Imagine the, the throne from Game of Thrones yeah. with the swords, but they're all sacks of blood, and there's like 200 of them. Whoa. And he's sitting there like <laughs> decrepit in his chair, and he's just being fed by like all of this blood, but it's not pure blood, so it's not killing him. And I'm like, right. that's a cool image. Yeah, and Nicolas Cage is going for it. Just the film is just, ugh, whatever. Oh, that's such a shame. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, my warning bells, I think I said this before, is when I realised that they were going to do a big action studio comedy. Hmm. And I was like, well, with this... If you do Nick Cage as director, that's so weird and like you've gotta you've gotta to commit to that. I, yeah. I look at this and I feel like they thought, well, we'll just slap Nick Cage in it. That's an interesting enough idea. We'll fill it, puff Say it, it, it yeah. out with yeah. some the, Cage also, a meme, right? That's only a ninety-minute film, isn't it? was, it? It's it's a long ninety minutes. yeah. Is that a long ninety? Yeah. A long ninety. I check my watch many times. So. I, I just and also I have a thing about uh I think we've said this before, films with characters' names mm-hmm. that that aren't famous people. Yeah. So you Calling your film? No, one knows a Renfield. Renf- what the fuck is a Renfield? No, excuse my notes. language, but like, yeah. what? I don't know what that means. John Carter. What? What's that? Yeah, you know, it, it, we, we've John seen Carter? what's happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. Unfortunately, this, this is gonna like crash and burn. But yeah, I. I also, you see. You say Aquafina. I say Aquafina like Awkwafina. she's awkward. You say yeah. Aquafina like Awkwafina. she lives under the sea. Aqu- <laughs> Aquafina. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, basically, so it, uh, do you think it's one of those films that in two, three years people go, whoa, oh my God, Renfield? But like you said, about 65. Probably, yeah. People go, oh, what? Renfield was that? Yeah. It's, it's like, um, to, to, if I was to be really cynical, you could look at this film in a vacuum and God, God, look what modern Hollywood humor and studio oh, handling yeah. has done to an incredibly interesting IP. IP. It's like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you've got a really incredible gothic painting and someone's just spray paint all over it yeah. and, and put it out there and called it art. I think that's Deep, very cynical Deep, yeah. it's very cynical but it's like if you forgot about all the other films that have been made in the last 20 years and you just showed someone from 60 years ago yeah. whatever just a long time ago this film they'd be like God is that what the films are like mm. in the 2020s that's I'm not sure is that meant to be funny for you guys? If you've seen Renfield and you agree or disagree with James maybe you think it's the best thing you've seen this year and maybe you or maybe you've already forgotten it write into hello at popkitchenpodcast.com and let us know your thoughts George, it's time to go through some of the emails that we get sent every week to hello at pulpkitchenpodcast.com. We're getting so many in now. Every time we start this section, we have a look and we go, Jesus Christ, we've got too many. It's a lovely problem to have. It's fantastic. We do not stop sending them people. And they're all fantastic. They are all fantastic. And we do apologise if we are a little bit late. And I'm sure the listeners that have sent emails that eventually get them read out will know that there's like a two-week delay. Because we don't want to miss them. No, we uh, we don't. If they're good questions, they're good questions. But it's a reminder that if you are sending an email, make it good. Yes. We might have to start cutting some if they're not good. I know, and it's, that's just, just production values. It's value, just production, guys. Tough times. What have we got first? Friend of the show, Mark, Oh, yes. writes into right. hello at pulpkitchenpodcast.com and says, hello from Canada. He's written in a few times. That. Hello, Mark. I'd like to throw my hat in the ring and be your official Canadian fan. <laughs> I believe I was among your first 100 subscribers, so a long-time viewer indeed. Uh, you were, Mark, and we, we, we see that. We, we see, see you. We see the love. We see, we see you. the love. I've been indulging in an A24 movie a night week, having recently. Added Added Green Knight, Minari, First Cow, Florida Project, and Come On, Come On to My Repertoire. Florida Project was incredible. Uh, E-E-A-A-O is my favorite movie everywhere, George. Everything, everywhere, all at once. (laughs) Yes, and I'd love to know your thoughts on their films in general and what your favorites are. Anywho, keep up the great work, gents. You're the only podcast I keep up with. Oh, thank you, Mark. Wow. Okay. He is uh, strict. The, the, The headphones come out pop kitchen yeah. and then he throws them out the window and buys a new pair every Wednesday. I, I appreciate the respect. Well, Mark, that's quite a big question of us then. And obviously we don't walk around with a list of A24 films in our head, okay. but I've just pulled up a list in front of us. <laughs> I'm going to reel off some and I'm and then after I finish, try and think of what your favourite could be. Okay. Uh, X Machina, Moonlight, Hereditary, Ooh. Ooh. Uncut Gems, The Witch, Lady Bird, Everything Everywhere, Spring Breakers, Room, Green Room, Eighth Grade, The Green Knight, Under the Skin, Good Time, The Lobster, The Florida Project, Minari, Swiss Army Man, uh, uh, Enemy that didn't even do film, American Honey, uh, a ghost story. I could go on. These are loads of really, really big horror films. Horror films, that films. I, d- I always think A24 is um, almost dwarfed its uh, uh, reputation from a while ago as being a very small art house totally. indie studio. It's it's a They're massive. Huge. They just won an Oscar. I mean, yeah. Also, we're not even talking... We're not including Euphoria and, and the other t- oh, yeah. TV shows they're making. Massive, high-profile, rated films. I mean, there are so many I like in there. Ex Machina is, is absolutely incredible. I would say Lady Bird, I adore. Yeah. I love Lady Bird. And- Florida Project, I agree with you, Mark. is fantastic. I would say Lady Bird, Good Time, Eighth Grade. I <sighs> loved discovering Good Time. It was before we knew what the Sackey yeah. Brothers were, and I was really like, "Holy shit, this film has, s- has a new way of talking to me." Okay, like I'd that. say Lady Bird, um, Good Time, and I will give a shout out to a film I haven't talked about very much on the on the show called A Ghost Story. That which is, have you seen uh, that? No, but I know. Can all I, that. I, okay, I, yeah. I, can I give you my thing on A Ghost Story because I've never talked about it? Ghost Story is a film about grief with Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara in it right it's directed right. by Pete Lowry who went on to do a Green Knight and Pete's Dragon and all that stuff but it is I think honestly one of the scariest films I've ever seen and this really? is why so if anyone knows pictures of this film it's got it's got someone stood under a sheet with two holes cut out of it you know the very mm. typical Halloween costume so the premise is this that Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara are a couple he's a musician he gets killed in a car accident very early on and you know the whole film's very dreamy. And he returns to the house under a bed sheet with the eyes cut out, right? In that and he, that's that's who he is. He can't say anything, he just stands like a spirit in the house, not you know, not talking, just observing Rudy Mara mm. as she's there, grieving. And there's a scene where Rudy Mara like eats an entire chocolate pie in like three minutes. Like I'm talking just properly, like chow's down because she's grieving so much. But then time slowly. We all have our ways. We <laughs> That's me before we record. <laughs> um, the, then time starts to pick up a little bit faster. And before you know it, it's a week then a month. And Rooney is moving out. And a new family are moving in. But of course, the spirit still stays there oh, under wow. the sheet. And you get that family. And then that family's there for a bit. And then after that, there's uh, a house party with new people. And then time is slowly accelerating. And then there's no house there anymore. It's just a plot of land. And then after that, it's... And it becomes this sort of exploration of of grief and ex, um, existentialism, etc. And what, what, what you get by the end, it's only a 90 minute film. It's like, it's like Pete Lowry said, I'm going to make a ghost story for you. I'm going to make, I'm going to make a scary film for you. But well, instead you of it being like, instead of being like, Oh, uh, peekaboo, I'm going to give you a little jump mm. scare. No, I'm going to reach into your soul and remind you that we are alone, barren and godless on a rock floating in the middle of nothingness mm. and nothing came before us and nothing came after us. And, it gets into your soul so much and haunts you. That's the thing. Pete Pete Lowry's clearly thought, I'm going to haunt you instead of trying to scare you. And I I shit you not, I got to the end of that film and I thought that was really impressive. And when I went to bed that night, I turned off the light and I felt like I could see the sheet, the the, the specter Christ. of the ghost in the in the corner, and I had to put my light back on, and I was like, "It's got in my soul." It, it scared me at an existential level, and I still think back. No. Scared you because the ideas, because, around it? but the ideas in it are so bleak and and huge existential ideas about our existence and our place in the universe and how nothingness, uh, futility of life, the mm. the pointlessness, and and it's. Brilliant and, and so interesting, and I just ugh, gets you on edge. Worth watching, only 90 minutes. I'm sold. I am sold. Thank you. Next Mark. email is from Kai, he writes in Hi, guys, hope you're well. Another one from me. My girlfriend and I are just finishing her watch of The Office US and so I decided to go back and watch George's ranking on all nine oh, seasons, yes. which is what, second, second or third? No, I, I, it was about this time last year, maybe a bit before, but what yeah. Was it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. But, but anyway, James, don't challenge <laughs> me on dates. <laughs> all nine seasons. Whilst I agreed with season eight being the worst, I couldn't help but laugh at every single line James Spader's character says. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite lines include, they never have improved on the Oreo, have they? Why is Jim treating the magician poorly? Yeah. And of course, I'm the fucking Lizard King. Yeah. There's just something magical about his delivery and it makes me wish James Spader was in more. It makes me want to go back and reevaluate the second Avengers for him alone. Mm. Anyway, my question is exactly this. What are some of your favourite guest, one-off or short appearances from actors in an established show excluding Phil Dunster on Pop Kitchen? Obviously. Hey. Thanks, guys. And keep up the great work. P.S. How many platinum trophies does James have? I will answer that question later. Okay. <laughs> hi thanks for your email um just on james spader first of all i do wish james spader was in more he was he's great but, but he has been doing like the blacklist for like ye- like 10 years which has been one of the most yeah. successful shows on on american <laughs> which tv i always think of uh Bo burnham's yeah. insight. my mom wants to tell me about the season six finale <laughs> of the, the, the blacklist um I, I yeah he's great he is great in season eight of the american office he's one of the few highlights and uh if, it's not terrible the eight season eight but he is really good in it and it rem- and it's funny because they uh I remember Rain Wilson talking about it afterwards that actually it, it, he really struggled to have any chemistry with the rest of the cast. You've got this cast which are full of, they, they've known each other for eight years. They've got their own uh, tricks and stuff. And James Spader comes in very much as an actor, actor, mm. wanting to rehearse, wanting to do things. And apparently he like, said at one point, Are we going to like run that through and stick to the script? And they were are like, we, gonna... we stopped doing that like in season three. <laughs> yeah. So he wouldn't want to improvise and stuff. So it's, it's a shame that that. Environment was there, but it, but it's great that he was still able to deliver a comedic p- p- performance outside of that. Uh, great to so see you still like the show. Do you agree, Kai? That season three is the best of the American Office. Mm. I think it is. And uh, guest appearances in a TV show. Give me some, James. Uh, I like. I think Brad Pitt in that episode of Friends where he got oh, the whole, yeah. I hate Rachel Green club is one of the best Friends episodes of all time. Oh, Ben Stiller in Curb is really good. All right, okay. You know, with like the. Uh, they're doing, you don't like it? No, I love her, but I just can't remember Ben Stiller in it. He was originally going to be playing, you know, the season where he's doing the producers. Great season. No, I've not seen that one. You've not seen, seen that That's the Ben oh. Trimmer one. David yeah, Trimmer. Yeah, David one. Trimmer ends up replacing Ben Stiller. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Ben Stiller's really, he's got really fun. Uh, but I, David Trimmer's also brilliant in it. I would say David, it's a ridiculous season. Um, very funny. I don't know if this is a guest one, but David Trimmer, we talked about Friends last week, I mean, with yeah. the game. Uh, David Trimmer is, is really good in Banner Brothers. Yes. That's yeah. what I think. He's not a guest, is he? No, he's not a guest. He's just He's an actual cast member. <laughs> um, I would say um, Liam Neeson in the uh, Life's Too Short. Yeah, mentioned oh God, earlier. Life's go. Too short. Liam Neeson. People up don't that talk one about sketch. Life's Too Short like ever. There you go. But it's really funny. Liam Neeson in that one sketch. Just for that one sketch alone is value. Done. Who else is in Life's Too Short? Johnny Depp. Yeah, but there's loads. There Others. <laughs> Next up is from Sadiq. Says, oh, hang on. Sorry. Oh. Actually, just remember any extras episode. Yeah. There's, there's your answer. Any extras episode. Kate Winslet's one is really good. David Bowie. Oh, David <laughs> Bowie. Chubby little loser. There's a little yeah. fat man. Yes, that's very good. I like that, Janine. <laughs> David. And by the way, platinum trophies. I have 31. I'm currently playing Dead Space Remake, but it's not going to be, I'm not going to platinum it because it's too hard and it's too scary. Sadiq writes into the show and says, Hello folks, Sadiq here. I came across your podcast a couple of months ago and I haven't looked back since then. You guys love making... Love me. You guys make <laughs> loving movies so easy. <laughs> you guys make love. <laughs> you guys make loving movies so easily. Historically, I've struggled to describe my love for movies to my friends and family, but I use your podcast as the yardstick to which movie love should be measured. Oh, I like that. A yardstick. Love that. Thank you for what you do. I always look forward to listening to your episodes as I go through this crazy busy world of ours. Hmm. Not that you ask, but my favorite movie is The Usual Suspect. Wonder what you both think about it. Also, I think us fans should be called The pulpets. Cheers from Canada. That, that works. I, I don't mind the pulpets. But he spelt it P U L P E T E S. Yeah, not to be confused with the pulpit in a, a church. Pulpit? Or like, but it, would it be like pulpets ending P E T T E S? That would like also work. That's a, that the that sounds, and, more, yeah. The you know, like dream girls, like the dreamers. Yeah, well, that's what we had the kitchenettes. Yes. But then you, you just think of a kitchenette. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the pulpit, kitchen. kitchenette. Keep working on them, guys. We'll, yeah, we'll keep fire sending them in and then maybe we'll get like a hot list and then we'll. Um, spin a dreidel and, and decide <laughs> <laughs> a usual suspect great great film great solid great ending uh great uh, shocking quite a business. straight quite a sort of different performance from kevin spacey compared to everything else he's done like he does what, quite the creepy sinister guy yeah he, it, it, he's creepy and sinister no things. but he has like a he does like a different kind of delivery i think kevin spacey became very a controversial side became very consolidated in his delivery yes you're right do you know what i mean yes Whereas um, that was, he's really experimenting with stuff. I like, the, what I like with The Usual Suspects, though, as well, I mean, this is probably us imposing a bit of hindsight on it, but it kind of like, I watching it, it kind of crackles with that. Mid-90s. Mm. Grungy, um, noirish New directors, independent, coming through. You have your yeah. Soda bugs and your Finches, and then with this, you've got mm. um, Brian Singer. Uh, uh, also controversial aside. Uh, and this is, yeah, I just, it just has that kind of, oh, we're going to do, the 90s was about, we're going to do crime films differently. We're yeah. going to take the films you love and we're going to do them slightly differently. Crime is hot and sexy. We cast Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> this next email is from William who says, hello, William here from Sittingbourne. Sittingbourne? Do I know where that is? If like I want to say that's in Sussex. I think the Bournes are Sitting always Bourne in Sussex. Sounds familiar. Yeah, Sittingbourne. Or was that Sissinghurst? That's not a place. That's a person. Always specify, <laughs> William. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to skip over that question, William, because that's so hard to answer, but I will uh, read out your PPS, which is, the best food in film can be found in Ratatouille, which, yes. while great... Yes, I agree Solid. with that. Linguini! Mm. <laughs> while great food can be found in various Studio Ghibli productions, and the thing I've and always about wanted... The to, love of food, too. And everything I want, I've always wanted to try since has been Ratatouille. Is it cheating slightly that it's an animation the food is looking the most desirable it can be it's like okay you drew the nicest meal ever whereas there's something more yeah uh you're dealing with reality. Yes. I, do, yeah, than, uh, like I know what you mean. The, you know, the, the beef sandwiches and the bear because it's been done and it's been made. Yeah. Next email's from Aiden who says, hey guys, it's Aiden again. I wrote in about a month ago and saying that I was trying to catch up, but I must admit I've been cheating and listening to your new new episodes just to see if my email has been read out yet. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. That's fine. We, we did read it out, but do make sure to go back and catch up on all the other ones because mm-hmm. other people do. It's safe to say I've mostly caught up on everything that is spoiler free so far. Nice. Sorry for the length of this email, but I thought I'd give you a couple of my opinions. Yes. I think Inglorious Bastards is Tarantino's best work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Fair. And I'm actually star- starring in a short film that is greatly influenced by it, oh, I'd nice. say, an-, an actor. An actor. <laughs> it's premiering at Folkestone Cinema in September. If you fancy a ticket, oh, Folkestone. I thought Dungeons and Dragons was surprisingly good. Uh, I think they achieved everything that Marvel is currently missing, and I wouldn't be against them expanding the D&D universe. I do know nothing about Dungeons & Dragons lore, so I'm not sure if that influences my opinion or not. Just quickly, I noticed a detail on the Dungeons Dungeons & Dragons London bus art. It's the poster, and underneath it has written on it, no experience necessary underlined. Which Mm. is interesting. It's like telegraphing to the audience. yeah. Don't worry if you know fuck all about Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. You can just come and enjoy it. It's good fun. It's basically just a generic action through and you'll have fun with it. Never yeah. seen that before. Yeah, that's you're right. Yeah. Aiden then goes on to give an interesting idea for a game, which we are gonna think about and look over and we'll report back in due course, but uh, he signs off with um, uh, all the best. Aiden, sent from my Toshiba MacBook Pro plus Exorcism watch. <laughs> I hate that it's become a thing now. Everyone's yeah. leaving. I can't tell because people will be like sent from my iPhone. I'm yeah. keeping this in. Yeah. And some people are just leaving it and I, I take insult to every single one. Right, you'll do next. Next one's from Tony. who says, hey lads, firstly I just want to say that I'm a big fan of the podcast. Thank I you. discovered it a couple of weeks ago and I've been driving all over the country recently so I've had plenty of time to work my way through the back catalogue. I am picturing huge yes. lorry with, you know, the seats that are like suspended. <laughs> really? I'm just picturing You're you driving you it like that. wheel as big as a, oh, a pirate oh, a, ship. Just I see I see it in a car with you, you you've got your hand over the, the steering wheel at the top, yeah, and you're going past a montage in the most famous parts of the UK Angel of the North, yeah. Stonehenge, yeah. <laughs> the Cross White Smith of of Bridge. Yeah. yeah, just all of yeah. it. Yeah. I'm just yeah. thinking, wow, and just various clips of you being like, Oh, I think Avatar too. <laughs> yeah. guess the movie based on the multiverse is killing <laughs> <laughs> me. Anyway, what what does he say? (laughs) I've been trying to get back into films this year and have set myself the goal of watching 100 new films in 2023. Don't watch them (laughs) while you're driving. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I've been absolutely loving some of your recommendations. So keep up the good work. I know you love The Unpopular Opinions, so I thought I would send in mine about The Prestige, Uh, as I know you both love the film. Brackets, spoiler warning, if any listeners watchers haven't seen it, what are you doing? Go watch it. Uh, I thought that the film completely lost its way towards the end. I understand that the film isn't really about making magic tricks. It's about obsession and the sacrifices that those two slash three characters are willing to make. But I can't get past the fact that we spend two thirds of the film watching some very clever people come up with even cleverer ways to create magic tricks that are grounded in reality and follow the rules of the world no one has created. Then David Bowie appears out of nowhere and suddenly creates real life magic. I also think that... I also think that Nolan did a very good job of wrapping it up in fancy paper, but ultimately the twist was he had a secret twin the whole time, which I thought felt lazy. I love all of Nolan's other work and the majority of this film was no different, but found myself completely thrown off by this. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Let me know what you think. Loving what you're doing. Looking forward to the next episode. Thanks, Tom. P.S. I completely agree about All Quiet on the Western Front. I didn't even end up finishing the film, so I thought it was offering nothing new to the genre. George, the prestige, defend it. Huge spoiler warning coming up for the prestige. Please skip forward five, ten minutes. Please because don't. We're about to rip into it in a big spoiler fashion. If You haven't seen the prestige. Just just skip ahead. Tom, the trick impresses no one. What you do, like what uh, what you use to show people or tell how you use to tell it is. Yes, is what that's it exactly. It. Yeah. The, the idea is not. I mean, I have a friend that's a magician, and every time I find out how his trick is done, I'm so disappointed. It's horrible. And also, I I contest the idea that... um, you know, David Bowie, you said, keep it up with more clever ways to create magic tricks that are grounded in reality, right? Which I agree. Then David Bowie appears out of nowhere. He doesn't appear out of nowhere. David Bowie, as soon as he's on screen, as soon as you walk up to that Tesla coil factory, you get the sense that there is something supernatural, otherworldly, beyond the realm of our understanding going on. And And even if you don't know what it is yet, you're like, this is bigger than what we currently have access to. And... uh, Angia right says at the very beginning I've gone to Coyote Hills Colorado Hills Colorado Springs sorry gone to. Co- I'm thinking of Coyote Hills from there will be blood mm. uh, yeah. uh, he's gone to Colorado Springs to see Tesla so he's got this huge build up he, I, I can even defend the, uh, the, the the twin thing is brilliant because it's like yeah. you Angier went to the, he says to him, you went to the ends of the world to get what you wanted and like I had my whole trick the whole time the whole secret for the prestige is when they go and see the um the, the, the Asian magician, the elderly Asian magician at the beginning, remember? Yeah. And they're like, how does he do it? How does he get the fishbowl out? And remember Christian Bale says, look, that's the trick. by prete- He's pretending to be old the entire time. Yeah. That's why it's funny. And the whole thing about... The thing about the double birds in the beginning was yes, always, it was exactly, always the, a clue. Killing, killing them each hats. time, which is the same thing with uh um, Angie's trick by the end. And Angie's thing of like I love it. He is so obsessed and so passionate that he's broken the he's broken the laws of reality. Mm. And what Nolan very tr- strongly tries to do is establish that this is at a time when you are reaching the limits of knowledge and the limits of of knowing what was capable with science. Mm. And it's like, well, wouldn't it, for it be interesting for a moment with our with this uncertainty with what knowledge can do and the power it can They'll create? The of technological innovation. Yeah, that. Why couldn't it clone someone? Mm. Why couldn't it do that? Why is it so uh, unrealistic? And what would happen when a w- when a magician breaks forth and actually leans into science? When M- Michael Caine says, "Oh no, this wasn't made by a magician. This was made by a wizard." Yeah. Who oh, this is real magic? Yeah. That's that's, that, that's like that. the the supernatural kind of element into it. And I, you're now going to convert me. Yeah, you, uh, the more I, I talk I, about it, the more the, I'm like oh. absolutely. But I want to put it on right now. I want to see that. I must be a helicopter shot that cranes in on the train, yeah. snaking around the mountain as it goes to Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. I just love it. You know David Blaine does that magic trick hey, where yeah. he sticks oh, a Blaine. spike. You want to see some magic? Where yeah. he sticks a spike through his hand. And it's this idea of the most amazing magic trick often isn't magic. It's like something unbelievable happening yeah. in front of you. I believe that he has just trained, he's found a dead spot or yeah. he's nursed a dead spot. He often tells you nurse, how he does it, yeah. And he's he's found that yeah. point and he's he's got it so locked in in his art. in his hand that he can without damage to himself put a spike through his hand without feeling pain i actually don't think it's a magic trick i think that is david blaine just doing something incredible that has the same sense of wonder that a magic trick does but he's just doing it for real and that sort of almost reinforces his other magic tricks because you might think they're real as well brilliant but you know tom we respect your opinion completely we just don't agree sorry mate go watch the prestige This last email is from Michael, who says, hi, lads, Michael again. Apologies for writing in before you've got to my previous email. I think we would have by this time got to it. I'm not sure. Um, But having just... Michael wrote in before, I think, about Affinity Pool. That was it. Yes. but having just watched episode 71 I had to because during a movie night with my girlfriend last week I kid, ni- kid you not she put Charlie's Angels 2 full throttle <laughs> on <laughs> Right, it's a film she enjoys purely for nostalgia value having watched it a lot when she was younger despite it not exactly being the best Brackets, I'm being kind also has Justin Theroux doing the worst Irish accent ever seen wow. in the movie world ever but in, I was in hysterics during the friends question at the end of the episode and you asked who's just watched Charlie's Angels <laughs> and I shouted me I have <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. You were like, <laughs> who just, Who's watched just it? Watched <laughs> it? You must have watched it the night before. i be like, ah. <laughs> you like you like who else Sorry, yeah. who else is watching Charlie's well English? done uh, your departed or departed stuff made me reminisce about how that film has some of the funniest movie insults ever the highlight probably being I'm the guy who does his job you must be the yeah. other guy wondered what some of your guys' favourite movie insults or one-liners are I always enjoyed Buzz telling Woody you are a sad strange little mm. man and you have my pity and Bill the Butcher calling John C. Reilly's character a shit-headed meat stick in Gangs of <laughs> New York anyway <laughs> apologies again probably bad etiquette to, to write in just before your last scene was even been mentioned but I thought it was too funny not to let you guys know that somewhere out there, someone has just watched Charlie's Angels. Cheers, Michael. George, um, insults. I, ca- I can't think of one, well, the only one that comes to mind is not a film one, it's such a TV one. It's from Mad Men and it's where uh, Ginsburg is in the elevator with uh, Don Draper, John Howe. And he says, you despise me, don't you? And John- Don Draper just quick as a flash goes, I don't think about you at all. <laughs> you know, just like, You despise me, don't you? I don't think about you at all. Then he walks out the elevator. It's just it's just so so s- slickly. All the mine the ones that come to mind for me are from Step Brothers. Well he's like, oh, right. That's cute. I remember when I had my first beer. Uh, and then he goes, Ha ha ha, that's so funny. Last time I heard that joke I laughed so hard I fell off my dinosaur <laughs> And it's so, like, childish. And the best <laughs> one is when his brother Derek comes for dinner and played It's the first time I got exposed to Adam Scott. And I was like, who the fuck is Adam Scott? Yeah. He's amazing. And it's like, he's, like, the, the brother who's, like, successful and makes loads of money. And his younger brother, brother is the, Brendan's the loser. And he's telling this story about fishing. And Dale just comes in. It's like, are bonita fish big? And Dale just stops the story. And he goes, uh, what? Uh, uh, yeah, they're pretty big. Uh, sorry. And then, uh, his son goes, Who is this guy, Dad? And he goes, I don't know, son. And his dad goes, God damn it, Dale. You interrupt the man in the middle of his story. I was asking about the story. And then his brother just goes, Look, guys, let's not get mad at Dale for ruining yeah. the story and possibly the entire evening. <laughs> so, you know, good. actually, when you think about comedy things like that, there's there's you could Anchorman and all that stuff. Yeah. I have loads of, I remember when. And Command Two, when he goes to see, um, you know, when like she's she's gone off with Greg Kinnear, who's this, the child, who's a yes, psychologist, yes. and he goes over there, and you know, he's like, I'm, "Hey, I'm I'm a friend here, all good," but he's looking at him like that. And he's like, "Rod, <laughs> it seems like you have a lot of rage." And he goes, "I'm about this close to shooting a flare gun at your dick." <laughs> Touch my leg. Yeah, now tell me <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't feel, feel like, like a, a cock. cock. Thank you so much for sending in your emails. Uh, as always, we love to hear them. Send them into hello at popkitchenpodcast.com and we will read them out on the show. Okay, it is time to end with some games. We are back with some more quickfire, random, miscellaneous, trivia. This Bring is it on. like the articulate, trivial pursuit quick card. There I'm is ready. no rhyme or reason to these. You either know them or you don't, they're time limited. You love them, I love them, you guys love them. The TikTok socials are loving him. George, are you ready? Let's do it. Are you ready? Yes. Name 10 films where the title of the film is the main character's name. You have 30 seconds. Your time starts now. Renfield, uh, Michael Clayton, Vera Drake, John Carter, um, Michael Collins, Veronica Guerin, I think it's called, Guerin. The woman, Kate Blanchett. Uh, count it. Lady Bird. Um, uh, Mad Max. Mad Max Fury Road. Mad yeah, Max I, Two. Mad Max. Is, his name's not Mad. Ace Ventura. Austin Powers. The You're Mask. Did re- yes. you count The Mask? Uh, is his name? The, uh, no, Navy. no, don't count. Actually, I think, I think you got it though. You're just oh, about there. Oh, Jesus. Fair enough. <laughs> so when you mentioned it earlier, I was like, my ears were steaming. I was like, were you, shit. Were you, would you have accepted Aladdin. Superman, Spider Man, Captain no, America? I'm thinking like like a John Carter. Okay. It has to be Michael the, Clayton. The first name, second Aladdin. Name. Yeah. Bambi, I would have. No, it's not really a name, is it? Well, it is the name of the character. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Bambi. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay. Snow White. There you go. Ready. Okay. What's the next one? <laughs> okay. You have to name 10 Avengers that disappeared in the Thanos snap. You have 30 seconds. Your time starts now. Groot, Bucky, uh, Falcon, um, uh, Mantis, um, uh, Quill, uh, Strange, Doctor Strange, the um, uh, S- S- Spider-Man, Peter Parker. Uh... Uh, of Nick Fury Maria Hill he mm, killed him there. okay right uh, um, and, uh, 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 Hank Pym Hank Pym <laughs> will you allow that will you allow Hank Pym <laughs> not quite an Avenger but yeah I'll Come give on. it to you uh, Black Panther of course um, you could have done um, Rhodey right yeah A Scarlet Witch no Rhodey doesn't no Rhodey doesn't disappear he's in oh, Endgame yeah, right Rhodey doesn't disappear Scarlet um, Witch yeah sure Right. Rocket Raccoon did you say Rocket uh, Rocket stays he's in Endgame <laughs> You're right. I don't know. <laughs> have you seen the films? Yeah, I don't remember. Okay, are you ready for the next one? Ready? You have to name five Matthew McConaughey films before 2010. You have 30 seconds. Your time starts now. Dazed and Confused, uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, um, uh, uh, um, Fool's Gold, um, uh, Sahara, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Tropic Thunder. Yes. That's Done. it. Yeah. Done. Very good. It's not that hard. No, it's not that hard. But that it's pre reconnaissance. Like yeah. yeah. Ready? You have to name six actors that cameo in the Anchorman 2 fight scene. Okay. You have 30 seconds. Go. Will Smith, uh, uh, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Sash Baron Cohen, Jim Carrey, Marion Cotillard. Yep, very good. Very, very good. Fast. Okay. You have to name seven Danny Boyle films. You have 30 seconds. Your time starts now. Shallow Grave, Train Spotting, Sunshine, uh, The Beach, um, Yesterday, 127 Hours, Slumdog Millionaire, Steve Jobs. Lovely. Ready? Last one. Okay? You have to name every Pixar film before 2010. There are 10. You have 45 seconds. Go. Toy Story, Toy Story 2, Bugs Life, uh, Finding Nemo, Monsters Inc., The Incredibles, uh, up, um, uh, 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 cars, um, uh, um, uh, how many have I got left? Uh, before 2010, so not including Toy Story 3. Um, Finding Nemo, shit. Uh, Wally,
1: Ratatouille. Yes,
0: that's it. Whew, 17 seconds ago, you did very well there. And now. I have a cast list countdown for you. Uh, to, to wind down with. <laughs> to wind down, <laughs> just to cool off before you scream. Um, oh. George, are you ready? Yeah. This is a castless countdown. You have to guess the film based on its cast. I'm going to read you the cast members of the film. You have to tell me what film I'm talking about. Are you ready? George, guess the film based on its cast. Ewan Bremner. Uh, okay. John Voight. Uh, okay. Jamie King. Alec Baldwin. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, Jennifer Garner. Uh, uh, Kate Beckinsale. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, it, it, Josh uh, Hartnett. Whoa. So early noughties. Is last it, it, one. Oh, uh, ben Affleck. I was going to say Black Hawk Down, but it's not. There's, Hang on. Similar, similar, Pearl Harbor! Yes, you were, you were getting there. Whoa, whoa, yeah. hang on. So, hang on. So, yeah. John, John Bremner, Boyd's- John Voigt, Jamie King. You, you'll oh, know I the think. face off, but you won't recognize. Um, Alec Baldwin, Cuba Gooding Jr., right. Jennifer Garner, Kate Beckinsale, Josh Hartnett, Ben. Right, Affleck. John Voigt plays FDR in the yeah. chat. John yeah. in John Voight's car. Uh, I've never right heard John Voight. That's, that's right. And, and Alec, Baldwin's, it, Alec Baldwin's like it's going to be a pinprick, but right in the heart. Yeah, he's they the, the, the one who's like act. trying to t- he's trying to take off in that short window, so they don't use enough fuel, so they can get to Japan or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, wow. I had forgotten that. I can't believe when you said, yeah, Cuba, mm. Billy Junior is that like one. He's like the guy who boxes. Uh, he's a yeah. navy. Yeah, and you, and you and Bremner, he he's can't in that. Speak. He's got he's like got a a stutter. stutter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That film's out there. It exists. It's terrible. It's uh, yeah. I think I enjoyed it at the time. You know what? I, I say it's terrible. But I've got to obey my five-year rule. I haven't seen that in many years. Well, I'm, I'm too right. <laughs> but isn't it maybe... the it's long, I bet, as well. Did you ever see Midway? You know, you no. know, like, you know, Michael Bay did Pearl Harbor. Yeah. You know, like, Roland Emmerich also likes to blow stuff up. Mm. Roland Emmerich made Midway. The Battle of Midway was one of the most, like... One of the biggest sea ba- naval battles and air battles of of the world war ii of the pacific theater yeah. and he made that and it had you know what i'm not going to tell you who i had edited it because i'll do it as a cast as <laughs> Countdown at some point Amazing. many weeks from now when you've forgotten this film thank you james just before my camera runs out of battery thank you so much for listening to this episode of pop kitchen if you've made it here you're our biggest fans thank you so much for listening this has been episode 72 of pop kitchen stay tuned for episode 73 which will be on Wednesday next week. And don't forget, please like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, um, and, and just share us and, and sing us from the rooftops and, you know, help us, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're our only hope. Your support keeps this podcast going and it means a lot to us. Thank you so much. So just keep uh, doing your thing. Thank you. See you next week. See you next week.